0: Hi everyone! Welcome to the ACCP Postgrad Trainee Podcast, a podcast by Postgrad for Postgrads. My name is Allison Flores, and I'm one of the current RAC members and a current pgi one Ambulatory Care Resident at the University of Southern California USC Mann School of Pharmacy in Los Angeles, California. Today we have an amazing guest speaker, Dr. Mia Lucier. Mia Lucier is the Clinical Assistant Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Binghamton University. She started August first of 2022. Prior to that, Mia completed a two-year postdoctoral fellowship at Geisinger and the Center for Pharmacy Innovation and Outcomes with the focus on geriatric ambulatory care practice and health outcomes research. Today, we'll be discussing the transitions from a trainee to a new practitioner. Welcome to the podcast, Mia. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks so much, Alice. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. We are very excited to have you. Let's go ahead and jump right into the first question. Can you describe how your experience is going transitioning from a resident follow to a new practitioner?
1: Absolutely. So when I transitioned to my new position, it was actually a bit different than what I trained for in my fellowship. So um, if you asked me when I started my fellowship, if I was going to end up teaching at a school of pharmacy, I would have told you no way. Um, (laughs) But here I am. So my fellowship focused primarily, like we said, on health outcomes research with an ambulatory care practice component. Um, I didn't do any didactic teaching. So again, where I ended up was a little bit outside of my comfort zone. Um, So there was definitely a little bit of adjusting that needed to be done. But I think a couple things happened during my fellowship that really prepared me for my transition that I'd like to just briefly mention. The first one is that in fellowship, I had so many different responsibilities between I was taking master's courses as part of my fellowship. I was um, leading and participating in multiple research projects. I established my own ambulatory care practice site. So it was constantly juggling everything going on. Because of that, transitioning to a faculty was actually fairly simple in terms of having to balance practice, scholarship and teaching um, because I was so good at juggling already, or I like to think I am. The other thing that was really super helpful with transitioning was that my entire second year fellowship felt more independent and like I wasn't really a learner anymore. Um, So having that kind of year of independence when I was still a postgrad and still felt comfortable asking for help and knew I needed it sometimes. um, When I transitioned to a new practitioner where you don't have someone over your shoulder all the time, double checking what you're doing and making sure you're on the right track. It was a lot easier since I really didn't have that my second year of fellowship. I was much more independent. So all of those things helped with the transition, but there are definitely times when transitioning to a new practitioner is uh, not as simple as you would hope it would be.
0: No, definitely. You mentioned all really good points, Nia. I think in residency and fellowship, like you mentioned, you juggle so much at once and we think we are really good at it. And I think we establish a good foundation of how to manage everything. So thank you so much for that good information now going into our next question. The biggest advice for getting started as a new practitioner at a new institution or a new job facility, what were your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I got really lucky when I started. I had another faculty member in pharmacy practice that started at the exact same time that I did. We walked in on day one together. So it always felt really comfortable when we had those. I know everyone says there's no such thing as stupid questions, but there are some questions you just feel like are too dumb to ask. So it was really nice to start with her and some other faculty that started within the last couple of months to be like, hey, I don't know like how to use exam or like what am I supposed to do when I have to lecture on this topic that I've never practiced in before? So it was really nice to kind of have that network. So my biggest advice is really when you start somewhere new kind of find those people that you're comfortable asking whatever to and that whether it's work focused or whether it's just, I had a bad day, can we talk about it? Having those people, um, even within your job or outside with family and friends, I think is the biggest advice I have.
0: I definitely have to agree with you on that one, Mia. The support system throughout my residency so far has been crucial. And yes, the stupid question is not stupid and it's important to ask. So thank you for bringing that up as well. Diving into the next question, how do you recommend staying involved in a professional organization as a new practitioner?
1: I think this is one of the biggest adjustments because as a student and as a a post-grad, you really still get all those discounts right you can be part of six eight different organizations and it's not really super expensive to do that all of a sudden you hit new practitioner and it's like all of those discounts are gone here you go so it really made me focus in on rather than the eight institutions or organizations that i was part of what are those two or three that are really the best fit for me now that i kind of have my career trajectory set up so I had to really focus in, ACCP is obviously one of the ones that I stay super involved in. And I started with my leadership opportunities even before a new practitioner. And I think that's really important. So if you start early, you kind of get to know what those positions require. And there's some that aren't a super big lift. So being part of a PRN committee, for example, not a super big lift. So you have time while you're transitioning to new practitioner to still be involved, but it doesn't take hours and hours of your time every week, it takes maybe an hour every couple of months to stay involved with the committee. So I think the two big things are getting involved early and really finding those two or three organizations that you think best fit your career goals.
0: Awesome. Yeah, definitely bring up a good point there as well. As a student, I think we really have a luxury. And then when you make that transition, even as a resident, you see the big change in price. So focusing on what we're really passionate, I definitely agree with you. Now going into the next question, what strategies do you find to be helpful for networking as a new practitioner?
1: So I was always one of those people that was super afraid to just walk up to the random person, whether it be in pharmacy school or even during postdoc. It just felt so uncomfortable to be like, hi, I'm Mia and do that little elevator speech. I think you get better at it. So that's one of the things that I really learned is that that's okay. And especially now in a teaching setting, I realized that like for me, I just wanna make all of my students better. And so that's how I feel like most pharmacists are, right? So you come up as a new practitioner, you're like, hi, I'm Mia, I'm a new faculty member. I don't really know what I'm doing, but you look like someone who has similar interests. Um, we should talk about it. And it just becomes so much easier to kind of cold call those people. And the other thing is really focusing on, you have a network, but your network has a network. So taking the people that you know and say, hey, I'm trying to do this new thing in this new space. Do you know anyone who does that? And use your current network to grow your future network? I mean, that's that's how most of my network has come. My fellowship mentors have been like, hey, talk to this person. They're just like you. And all of a sudden, I have a new mentor or a new collaborator. Get used to cold calling people. Get used to just introducing yourself and being okay with that. And rely on your current network to help you grow a new network.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you again for being so transparent. I have that fear as well, but it's good to know that it gets better. <laughs> That's very exciting. Um, and I think you make a good point too. The network is huge. As everyone says, pharmacy is a small world and and everyone knows someone. So to see that it continues post-training uh, is important. And thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the next question, how is setting goals different as a new practitioner than as a trainee?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as a trainee, you're always trying to think years and years ahead, but realistically, you're thinking like, how do I get through PGO one How do I get through fellowship? And your goals are really more short-term as much as you would like them to be long-term. And even if you have those long-term goals, they may not even hold true once you get out of training and you're like, what's my next job? So like I said, my five-year plan when I started fellowship never would have said I was going into academia, but here I am and I love it and I love my students. I think the big thing is that you kind of finally get an idea of this is where I want to be. And in five years, I'll still be maybe in the same institution or at least in the same space. Whereas during uh, residency or fellowship, even though you kind of feel like you're going to, I really love cardiology. I really love geriatrics. You really don't know where you're going to be at the end of your postdoc. So I think in terms of setting goals, it's just a lot easier to say, in five years, I know that I can reach this spot. Whereas during postdoc, it's really like, in five years, I hope that I can get here. But really, I just have to get through like PGY1.
0: No, that's definitely true. As a current PGY1, it's very short term goals. It's like, okay, let's finish your research project. Let's finish PGY1. So it's important to set those attainable goals. And I guess we'll end up on a our wrap-up question. What is the biggest takeaway advice for residents and fellows coming out of training?
1: I really tried to get this into like one sentence and I just couldn't figure it out. So I have a few. The first one is push the boundaries of what you think you can achieve. And to tie into that, apply for positions you love but you think might be a stretch and embrace that challenge. So again. I had no teaching experience. I was like, no one in academia is going to take me. And yet here I am and I'm doing great. And the last thing is transitioning to be a new practitioner can be really difficult. Like we talked about, find your people and don't be afraid to lean on them because that's going to be essential to your success when you go through the stressful transition.
0: Thank you so much. I think those are very important. We might be a little it might be a little bit daunting to get that apply for that position but you never know as you expected you never expected to be in academia today but look at you thriving and I think that's awesome I wanted to say thank you so much Mia for taking the time to join us today it was such a pleasure having you and thank you all for listening to the ACCP postgraduate training podcast a podcast by postgrads for postgrads for more episodes and other resources visit our website at accp.com slash resident Follows. Please subscribe to the ACC podcast to be notified of new episodes. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening to an ACCP podcast for residents by residents. Our theme music is titled Jupiter Smile by the 126ers and is provided through YouTube's free audio library. Please subscribe to the ACCP podcast on iTunes or Google Play to be notified of new episodes.